Hey everybody, this is Pastor Jack C. This is Living With Purpose, and uh, this is our opportunity to spend some time in the Word together. We've been talking about this wonderful subject or topic on the honor of God, and uh, over the past couple of weeks, I've just kind of been combining a little bit um, two things. Number one, being a vessel of honor, but number two, um, developing a healthy fear of the Lord. You know, a lot of what's happening in our world today, you know, if we all just lived like God was real, I guarantee you there's a lot of less stuff that would happen. Um, if we really believe that God was listening to the words that we said, if he was looking at the intent of our heart, if he knew what was going to happen before we did it because, you know, he is the fulfillment of wisdom, there's a lot of things we wouldn't say and we wouldn't do, amen? We would treat people in a whole different way. You know, I, I said before that, you know, well, I'll use this example because this will date me. Back back in the day, there was a show called Leave It to Beaver, and it was in black and white, and uh, there was Wally and Beaver, and uh, they had a friend whose name was Eddie Haskell. And whenever Eddie Haskell was around Beaver or Wally, and one of the parents was in the room, Eddie Haskell was the biggest suck up. Oh, why yes, sir. Why no, sir. Why yes, sir. He was just the epitome of just a suck up. I mean, he would just try and endear himself to that parent by his actions and that he was a good kid, a healthy kid, you know, a whole kid. But the minute that parent left the room, man, his whole attitude changed, his whole demeanor changed. Why? Because when the parent was present, he was acting one way, but when the parent left the room, he was acting completely different. We need to live our lives as if that parent is still in the room. I don't just want to live my life on a Sunday morning or at church one way and then go live my life the other six days of the week as if my parent's not in the room. I need to learn to live my life, and this is one of the ways the Lord kind of shared what the fear of the Lord is to me, is to live a life where I truly believe that God is alive. If I truly believe that God is alive and that he knows my heart and that he is omnipresent and that he is constantly here, but you say, but pastor, how do I know? The world, none of the world reflects what you're saying because if God was really here, he wouldn't let all these bad things happen. I am so glad you thought that. It is not God's will for all of these horrible things to happen. The Bible is very, very clear that why God is the ultimate creator. God created everything. He created the heavens and the earth. The book of Psalm is really clear. He created you, he created me, but just because he created everything doesn't mean that he's in control of everything. He created the heavens and the earth and he gave them to man and man lasted about a third of a chapter in the book of Genesis and we committed high treason, and we gave it all to Satan. And through Jesus Christ and through his blood, we've now retaken our authority, but it's all on us. The world is in the shape that it's in today because of you and I. And that's why it's so important for us to live a life as if God is real. It's our job to get back into this earth, to take back the land that the enemy has taken from us, because now we have our authority in Jesus Christ, 
and because God is alive and God is real. That's the coolest part about being a Christian is I don't point to a grave where somebody died. I can point you to an empty tomb where my Savior arose. My God is alive, that he is working in this earth today, that it's his will for you to be saved and healed and delivered and to be whole. It's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But my response, my reflection to the Father should be the fear of the Lord. In order for me to be a vessel of honor, it is, it is imperative for me to live a life that reflects that God is alive, that I believe what he says, that I do what he tells me to do. Let me look at a scripture real quick. This will help you. Go with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms um, 111 verse 10. Psalms 111 verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. So I want you to notice right now that the fear of the Lord is not just lip service. The fear of the Lord is not me just acting one way when my parents are in the room and acting another when they're not. An actual, true fear of the Lord is me doing the commands of God even though I don't see him. That is faith. It takes faith for me to believe, to act on God's commandments when I don't see God, I don't feel God, I don't taste God, I don't touch God, I don't smell God. There's nothing in my five physical senses that helps me contact the Father. And if you are looking for some sort of a feeling in order for you to do something for God, you're never going to, to do it that way because you're a spirit being. You are a spirit. You possess a soul and you live in a body. All three are independent on how they're fed, how they, how they work in their eternity. You know, when, when Jesus returns or when I go to be with the Lord, this body, no matter what I've done to it, I, I like to work out, I work out a lot. If I get big, no matter how big and how strong I get, one day this body's going to die and it's going to slip off to me. But my spirit and my soul, they're eternal. And that's why it's so important that I want to spend my Christian life renewing my mind by exchanging my old ways for God's new ways. And we'll talk about that as we get a little bit more into this. But one of the most important things that I can do to show God that I actually have a fear of the Lord is to do his commands. That's why you cannot live a life of a Christian apart from his word. I can't just say that I love God, but I don't go to his word, I don't read his word, I don't live by his word. As we talked about a few weeks ago in John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was, was with God and the word was God. Everything that God starts with, he starts with the word. If I want to live an honorable life, if I want to live in the actual fear of the Lord, then it's important for me to do his commands. In order for me to do his commands, then I have to get into his word and I have to do what he tells me. Let me show you a, an amazing story um, about King David. And, um, you know, David, uh, he had the long winding road um, to finally become what Samuel anointed him to be way back in the day when uh, he anointed him king. But as you know that David um, David was anointed king, uh, but David was also chosen to come and play music for Saul. And Saul, you know, once David had been anointed king, that anointing left him. It came on David, and so Saul was left, and he dealt a lot with troubling spirits. He dealt a lot with demonic oppression. 
And so they found David of all people, and David would play an instrument to try and soothe him. Well, on more than one occasion, Saul picked up a spear to kill him. I mean, he was out of his mind. And so David, all of a sudden, he now kills Goliath, and now Saul brings him into his home. David befriends Jonathan. They become best friends. Saul's still king. But now all of a sudden, they're singing these songs about how you know, Saul killed his thousands and David's killed his ten thousands. Well, to a crazy demon-possessed man, that's just fuel to the fire. So now Saul is after him. And David spent years running from Saul. And so we know that David, you know, served Saul faithfully, but, you know, um, Saul sent out everything that he had to try and kill David. David had this long, winding road, you know, of finally becoming king. But along the way, and I want you to look at something, because if you'll notice, um, when David actually started to flee from Saul, and uh, let's look at First Chronicles. Actually, let's look at First. Let's look at First Samuel. And I want you to look at chapter twenty-two, and I'm beginning in verse one. Now, I want you to know that this is David. He is fleeing from Saul. I mean, it got so bad for David that David went and worked for the Philistines. I mean, you know it's bad. You know, when David left his own covenant people, it got so bad in Israel that he went and started working for the Philistines. So David uh, went to work for the Philistines, and uh, he's fleeing, and he goes to this cave, and it begins in, verse 20, in chapter 22, verse 1. It says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. Wow. Not the kind of army that you want to start with when you have the whole king of Israel looking for you with all of its resources. David went to this uh, this cave, his father, his brothers came to him, and then everybody that, let's just say, maybe um, had some issues began to join to him along the way. You had your rebels, you had your people that couldn't pay their bills, you had, you know, all these people that probably called themselves patriots, and they just began to gather to David, and he became a captain over them. Well, Jack, why is that important? Well, let me show you what they became. If you will jump forward with me, to 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10, I want you to notice that out of those 400 men, out of those that were, that were in debt, all those that were um, um, unhappy, all those, Lord, that were misfits, all the ones that were the least, let me show you what David was able to do with them. Verse 10 out of uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 11. It says, Now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with his kingdom, <coughs> with all Israel, to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. And this number of the mighty men whom David had, Jehoshabim, the son of Ahakamite, the, ch the chief of the captains, he had lifted up his spear against 300, killed by him at one time. After him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, who was one of the three mighty men. He was with David. Now there was a Phil there were Philistines gathered for battle, and there was a piece of ground full of barley, so the people fled from the Philistines. 
But they stationed themselves in the middle of that field, defended it, and killed the Philistines, so the Lord brought about a great victory. I want you to notice that all of a sudden, these 400 people who were in debt, who were you know uneasy, who were really not even whole, because David was um, a vessel of honor, and because David had a healthy fear of the Lord, and because David... Uh, was a giant killer, was able to take this group of men, <coughs> excuse me, and turn them into mighty men. I want you to notice that it's up to you and I what kind of vessel we become on a daily basis. You and I, <coughs> excuse me, you and I on a regular basis, we choose, we decide what kind of vessel we're going to be. If we will allow ourselves to be taught by the word of God, if we will submit ourselves to God, if we will live in a reverence and a fear and of awe to him, God will come in. He can change your life. You know, for me personally, you know, I've been in full-time ministry now for, I don't know, 28 years or whatever. I've been saved for over 31 years. Prior to that 31 years, I was undisciplined. I was in debt. Uh, I was um, uh, aimless. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. I had nothing. I was going nowhere fast. I had no prospects. But you know what? I got saved. And when I got saved and it put me into a church and it gave me a pastor, all of a sudden it turned me into a very structured, a very disciplined, a very articulate uh, my mind changed, my soul, everything that I've, everything in my life, it changed for the better when I got born again, when I submitted to God. And you know what? One of the first things is this thing about honor, is I learned to honor God with my words. I learned to honor God with my actions. Uh, that doesn't mean that you have to live a perfect life, but what it does mean is that I am striving every day to live an honorable life. I'll end with this. You know, David took 400 people that were in debt, that were, you know, dealing with all kinds of, they had no place to be. They were, they were lost. They were lost sheep. They had nowhere to go. And David took that group and turned them into the, the single greatest fighting force this world has ever seen. So good, so, so perfect in what they did that God put them in the Bible twice. David's mighty men. If you want to be a mighty man for God, then I just want to encourage you, be a vessel of honor. Live a life of purity, men. Live a life of purity. And I'll just leave it at that, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Ladies, live a life of purity. If we want to be used, if we want to be those vessels of God, then I want to be a, I want to make sure that what I'm allowing into my life is something that I would allow in front of the Father. Amen. We're out of time once again. This is Pastor Jack C. We love you, Pastor Michelle and I love you. Jesus is Lord.